0: About this movie, critic Ian Nathan of Empire Magazine says, like all white-knuckle rides, once you're done, you fancy doing it all over again. Dwayne Burge of The Hollywood Reporter notes, while the special effects are clearly the star of this masterwork, the storyline itself, although predictable, is crisp and full of heart. And about this film's director and focus of January. Kenneth Turan of the LA Times says, An expert in making audiences squirm and twist at making us feel the rush of experience right along with the actors, DeBond choreographs action and suspense so beautifully, he makes it seem like a snap. On this episode of Ruin Childhoods, the second installment of January, celebrating the career of director and cinematographer Jan DeBond, we decide the fate of Twister
1: reboot. reboot. Which one will it be? It's the ruined childhoods podcast.
0: Greetings, Starfighters. See, I thought you were going to do a Bill Paxton right there, but you didn't. No,
2: I, I don't really, I, I don't really do a, a Bill Paxton. Uh,
0: you know, greeting
2: Starfighters, greeting Starfighter.
0: I don't know. Fi- I don't, no, he's just greeting gr- Starfighters. I'm thinking of him from Twister specifically.
2: Oh, you see, I don't. I feel like that sounds more like him in like weird, weird science, <laughs> weird science. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or or aliens. Oh.
0: Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to ruin childhoods. Bill Paxton. I mean, I, I think that that's a. Uh, I don't know if we've we've poured one out for Bill Paxton yet, but that is it's, a major pour one out. It's a
2: retroactive pour one. Definitely, like Bill Paxton gone too soon. Uh, yeah,
0: and this past week, we've certainly had a number of of pour one outs. Peter Bogdanovich, Sidney Poitier. I mean, yeah, to, uh, to accomplish both actors and
2: directors uh right. as actually I was watching Bogdanovich's first film uh Targets the other night uh it, it's streaming on on Showtime and I like to call it Targets Targets <laughs> Well, you know, that was the French remake. Uh, and it, uh, he plays a, a, a supporting role in it. And uh-huh. it, it's really, I, I didn't, I unfortunately didn't get the chance to finish it, but I'm looking forward to finishing it. OK, it uh, it it's a lot of it, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of intense. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about it, because I think it's when we think of Peter Bogdanovich, we think of or at least I think of last picture, last show. picture show, paper moon. Yeah. Uh, noises off. I More not exactly recent Noises Off it was released 30 years ago, but uh, his direction of Noises Off, of course, his portrayal of Dr. Elliot Kupferberg on The Sopranos. And right. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, we think of those as 1970 pictures. I also highly recommend listening to the the first season of the podcast, uh, Um, The Plot Thickens, which was about Peter Bogdanovich. About yeah, his, his life and career. And I learned a lot about him from that and uh highly recommend if anyone is is digging into his work for the first time and wants to know more about him check that out
0: yeah for sure but right now you're listening to this podcast yes so so don't stop it now just no. to listen to that one No, let's keep up. let's let's go on further and uh for anybody who is a a regular listener of the show a, f- a few episodes i think it was two episodes ago I I had a slip of the tongue, and then there was another slip of the tongue. Uh, we were talking about Jamie Dornan, and I mentioned, I, I I misspoke at first, which we caught immediately, saying that the movie that he was in is called Berlin, and then I corrected myself saying it was... Dublin it's Belfast Belfast oh, no, it's Belfast
2: neither of us co- uh neither of yeah, us co- so i was just like that's been that that's been haunting you keeping been, you awake at it's night it's been
0: haunting me that's for sure yeah. uh yeah so dan this is our second installment of January, the yes. celebrating the 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 masterful oh, work but bef- before we get into it we have
2: another poor one out and cuz we'd be remiss if we did not uh salute Sydney Poitier.
0: Oh, well, I mentioned Sidney Poitier before. Did you mention But we didn't I yeah, but we didn't uh go into We kind of paused on Bogdanovich there and I feel we like sh- we, we need certainly to did, yeah. we need
2: to talk about Poitier as well and I, yeah. I we haven't covered anything uh of his yet. 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 But I know, I think a lot about, I mean, not just the the classics he did in the 60s, Raisin in the Sun, Guess Who's Coming to yeah. Dinner, Lilies of the Field, so on, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, his directorial uh, achievements, such as Stir Crazy with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Um, yeah. And I think a lot about movies that I saw growing up with with him in it, uh, like Little Nikita on which, mm-hmm. which I felt like was on HBO a lot, and that was him and uh, R- River Phoenix, and then they teamed up again for Sneakers, which is just one of my my '90s right. favorites.
0: And uh, we will do Sneakers at some point, but that's one where um, I have a a housekeeper who comes to you know help out with the house and. Uh, sneakers is one of her favorite movies. So uh, when she when she came to the house on Friday, she this the first thing she said to me is she was like, "Oh my god!" When I heard Sydney Poitier, I thought about you and Sneakers because we just talk about Sneakers every single time to a point where I'm just like, "All right, I need to find a way out of this conversation <laughs> that I'm really enjoying being in because I know that like I'm paying her to be here." You had to sneak out. <laughs> I had to sneak out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, uh absolutely poor went out, Sidney Poitier, major, major, major loss. And uh but lived a a, a great long life. Oh, so yeah, no, lived yeah.
2: till to ninety-four. So, you know, it's in the case of Bill Paxton, uh Bill Paxton Taken way too died, soon. I wanna say, at uh around age sixty. And um yeah, definitely definitely gone gone too soon and definitely definitely gone too soon like and and, hey look if we could have sydney poitier live forever we certainly could but or you know we certainly would but uh you know 94 (laughs) is nothing a great long life nothing so so
0: Yes, this is January, the celebration of the the masterworks. I don't know if I could say masterworks, well, but <laughs> the, the- some some notable films from the the eyes and mind of uh, of Jan de Bont. Right. And, you know,
2: sharing his his work, we we've we've. Covered speed already, and we started. We kicked off January with Basic Instinct, which, we sure did. which he uh, was the cinematographer for. Because that was really, yes. I mean, and you look at the list of movies that he was the cinematographer on, and it it makes it fits in perfectly, especially when you watch movies like Speed and Twister. You you think about the camera movements in Die Hard, uh, and you see that you see that right. type of movement
0: again, kind of like the pace of the camera movement. I right. feel like and he's just yeah. a master. And in the introduction to this episode, you know, I mentioned one uh, one critic in the LA Times who mentioned how. Yandaban is an expert at making audiences squirm and twist and I, and making us feel the rush of experience right along with the actors and I feel like uh he's referring to probably speed but also to some of the cinematography uh, that Yandaban has done because you know even in basic instinct he his work specifically you know really draws in the audience uh just with his you know his his eye he so he yeah just
2: yeah it's like
0: he's his
2: cinematography just seems to suit the films that he's done so well hunt for red october was another one that i wanted to to throw out there as well which i'm sure at some point we will
0: cover the uh you know the clancy verse and the jack ryan verse yeah yeah Yeah, and uh, you know I mentioned this in the last episode, but for anybody who's tuning in uh, either fresh or you know if you've you've taken a break from us, I get it. We're exhausting. We put these out every single week, Uh, come hell or high water, or I don't know some most of the time come hell or high water. And I you know usually we'll put the name of the next movie that we're going to be covering in the. Um, in the episode's description, in the show notes. But what we're going to start doing, what we started doing in the last episode is uh, peppering in the title of the movie sneakily through the the entire episode that we're covering. So Dan has already done it on this episode. Little eyes, uh, little so pay little, attention,
2: little hints, trying not to be too uh too obvious, and uh, you know, I forgot to point this out on the last episode, but just a little coincidence, little little thing, little factoid here, Jan de bont and I are birthday buddies, we are both are october twenty really? second babies
0: look at that, yes, how wonderful he a good uh, solid
2: thirty seven years before me,
0: uh, right, no, of course, yeah, so. Uh, Yonderbound Twister, l- should we get into it? Let's get into. How about a synopsis? Oh, how about one? Bill and Joe Harding were two storm chasers with a dream to revolutionize tornado research, potentially buying Midwesterners more time to find safety in advance of a cyclone. But after some time, their marriage fell apart, leaving Bill to find success in TV weather and get engaged to posh psychologist dr melissa reeves in the meantime joe and her ragtag team of funnel fuckers finished developing dorothy a collection of sensors designed to revolutionize storm preparedness but when bill and melissa go to find joe so she can sign their divorce papers bill finds himself back in the storm chasing game looking forward to the chance to put dorothy to the test especially after learning that his nemesis the wealthy dr jonas miller had stolen dorothy's concept Over the course of the next day, both storm chasing teams race to be the first to incorporate their technologies, putting their lives at great risk and ending in tragedy for one of them. That's what I got for the synopsis, but let's, uh, I'm going to just run through the cast cast a little bit. So Joe is played by Helen Hunt. Uh, Bill is Bill Paxton. How convenient for him that his name is also the name of the character. Uh, Jamie Gertz is Melissa. Carrie Elways is Dr. Jonas Miller And then we've got their like ragtag teams. And then we've, so we've got Philip Seymour Hoffman, Alan Ruck, uh, Sean Whalen, who I don't know if, Dan, if you ever go on TikTok, but Sean Whalen does a lot of, Uh, like he tells a lot of stories about his time on sets and stuff like that. And it's really entertaining. So I have to go back and see if he talks much about, um, about Twister. Okay. Uh, we have Todd Field, um, Wendell Josepher, Joey Slotnick, Jeremy Davies. These are people who, if you saw them, you'd probably recognize them a little bit more. Yeah. And then on the, um, on the other team, some of the people who you'd recognize are Zach Grenier, uh, Patrick Fischler, and, um... Why am I blanking on the actor's name? It's like Abraham Ben Ruby.
2: Abraham
0: Kubiak. Ben Ruby. Kubiak, Kubiak from
2: Parker Lewis Can't Lose.
0: Yeah, he plays Bubba, one of the, of one of the drivers. Of course he does. Uh, yeah, I was I was watching this with a friend and she was so astonished to, whenever I would say like, "Oh, that's Zach Grenier." She'd be like, I know who?
2: Yeah. No, Zach Grenier <laughs> and Patrick Fischler. Patrick Fischler, by the yeah. way, if you're like, who are you talking about? It Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive yeah the guy who tells uh, the like
0: just like the, the the creepiest part of that whole movie he's uh, yeah he's fantastic and he's one of those if you saw him you'd know him oh kind yeah of people yeah. Zach Grenier is fantastic on The Good Wife uh at least that's where I remember him best from he's fantastic he's uh Fight Club
2: he's Edward Norton's boss mm. in Fight Club that's right yeah yeah and I remember on the the commentary from Fight Club like they talk about him a lot and how like how how awesome he is to work with uh, oh
0: that's cool because it's such a small character in the movie that you know yeah but it's like you know, he's don't just, really think about him that much he's
2: one of those actors though that you just bring in and it's like yes that guy is the right guy you might not know his name but you're like yes that is exactly the right person yeah for that role
0: yeah and uh what's also oh, so one of the one of the oh, I, what's I, up I, uh, uh what about uh Lois Smith? Lois Smith. Of course, I got yeah. into the the teams. I didn't yeah. even get into Lois Smith, who plays uh Helen Hunt's character's aunt, Aunt Meg. Yeah, beloved yeah. beloved by all. Another one of those where if you saw her, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like amazing character actors um, in, in these roles. And then, you know, this was Right at the kind of beginning of Philip Seymour Hoffman, kind of towing the line between two worlds. I'd say. <laughs> well, this was the first movie that
2: I. This was the fr- not the first movie I saw with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, but it was the first movie where Philip Seymour Hoffman like made an impression. And when I, the next time, next movie I saw him in was probably Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, yeah.
0: And when I saw him in Boogie Nights, it's like, is that the,
2: that's the guy? Is that the guy from Twister?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, yeah, you have movies like Twister, you have movies like Along Came Polly, where, you know, he's playing these just like really silly side characters. But then you have Big Lebowski, where he's, I mean, a silly side character for sure, but like in a very, very different way. yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, we all saw where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's career went, you know, once he started working with um, Paul Thomas Anderson and the Cohen brothers and, you know, just like really took off. And I'm so happy that he did, you know, he's He's, he was In, one of the best. Another
2: one to pour one out for another Absolutely. one gone, gone way too soon.
0: He's one of those where I remember where I was when I found out that they died. I, likewise. I, and I found out from you. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, Dan and I do text each other, at pretty much every celebrity death, I'm sure that we've broken the news about many actors and directors and so on and so forth to each other.
2: Yeah, no, that was back. Um, that, was, that was like back in the times where you know I would just get a text from you, and the the preview would pop up, and if it was just a celebrity's
0: name, I just oh no. That's why I have to be very careful because if it's if they didn't die, then I have to give a little bit more context, right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm trying to remember. So, if I
2: think I might have been. At, uh, yeah. No, I totally. I was at uh, Best Buy in Union Square in, in New York, getting a. Uh, we were getting our our new new phones. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. So I actually remember. I had to like look at the date to
0: double check. But I was with my very good friend Anna Anderson. And uh, we are both Philip Seymour Hoffman super fans. So we uh we mourned together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean we could we could do we could just sit here and talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman uh the whole time, but we should uh should maybe get into, into the twister a bit right. here.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I wanted to mention about Well, I have a few things that I want to mention about just the movie in general. One of them is that it totally holds up. I feel like there's enough practical effects in this movie, and they were very smart about what was digital and what was practical, that the digital things worked well and still do work well i mean clearly if they were done today they might look a little different but like probably not too much different and the practical things i think would have been done digitally these days and it would have looked worse exactly it would have looked worse and in fact one
2: of the things that i read from you know of course the most credible source of information
0: imdb trivia uh, i don't even look at it anymore
2: oh i love looking at it it's so much fun um and it, it, I don't want it to taint my mind. Well, uh, oh, I don't think it could. I mean, if you let it do that, then no. But what, one <laughs> of the things that I saw in this was, and it fit like, cause this was what I was thinking. I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking, I was like, ah, this like, yeah, if they made it today, it would look like so crappy. And, and, you know, I'll go on my grumpy old man rant about like, you know, how many cuts there would be. Oh the, yeah. In the 30 second span of, of film. Uh, and it, What, uh, one of the reasons, according to this, that DeBont signed on to direct the movie was that it was like maybe one of the last chances he would have to direct a large scale film like this with practical effects, yeah, and yeah, for sure, uh, yeah, so. And it's uh, like so true because then, you know, by the end of the of the decade, you know, in 1999, you've got all these other movies coming out with all these digital effects and they just look well, like
0: yeah. garbage. And I mean, you think about what else is coming out in 1996, you know, you've got Independence Day. Yeah. And then was it '97 where there was like Dante's Peak and uh, and and volcano volcano? Uh, and I that was either
2: '97. 97 '97 97
0: was also Armageddon. No, that was '98. '98, yeah, that's right. '98 was Armageddon. And Deep, Deep and back. Back. So it's yeah. like you know we uh, you know Jurassic Park was was uh, was that '96? Uh,
2: uh, Lost World. Lost World was '97. Lost World.
0: 90- was ninety seven. Okay. Yeah, Lost World was ninety-seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jurassic Park was ninety-four? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Ugh. Yeah. You're so you're so much better. First Jurassic uh, Park
2: was was ninety-three, yeah. Yeah. Um, and which ironically, and Michael Crichton, uh Michael co-screenwriter Crichton. for right. for Twister.
0: Yeah. And that was another one where of course blended, you know, digital animation and practical effects, but, you know, certainly had to be very creative about how to kind of hide the seams, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, yeah, so, so this movie totally holds up and the sound design in this movie is phenomenal. Oh yeah. I was, you know, paying very close attention to that. And one of the things that I liked the most about this movie is that the villain isn't the tornado. (laughs) The villain is a rich white guy. Yes. That's what I like the most about this movie. Yeah. is it's like the villain is just the guy with the corporate sponsorships. Yeah. It actually, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the
2: Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum relationship in Steve Zissou. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're like, oh, absolutely. There's a friendly past there. But uh, you know, it, yeah, it's and Carrie always just plays it so smug and obnoxious, mm-hmm. so much so that uh, you know you you don't really you don't feel bad for what ends up happening to him. Uh, yes
0: and no. Eh, I'd
2: say. I mean, yeah,
0: uh, okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that he, uh, okay, spoiler alert, he gets swept up into a tornado and crashes his truck into the ground and he dies, but it was because of his hubris that he wouldn't listen to, here, let's just listen to the clip. Yeah.
1: The base must be at least a mile wide. We can't see it anymore. What is your location? I'm right alongside her. She's beautiful. All right, we're getting ready to play, so pull back and prepare to monitor. They have to be there somewhere.
2: Okay, path is stable. Copy that. then this is it.
1: This is the one. Stay sharp back there. They have position. They can make it. Not unless they anchor the pack.
0: They're referring to Jonas, Jonas's this team. Is Joe,
1: can you hear me? Not now, Harding. Jonas, listen to me. The pack is too light. The twister will toss it before it reaches the core you have to anchor it.
2: Oh, sharing valuable information, Joe.
1: Okay, I'll consider that. Thank you. Jonas, listen to me. Don't be an- What? Can you see them? Jonas, what's your position? Oh, howdy, Bill. We are heading northeast, running parallel, and about to pull ahead of it on the left. Why? Hang back a minute. We got a pretty good view from back here. She can shift her dragon. If she does, she's gonna come right at you. you copy? Maybe we should do what he says. He'd never put us in a hard way. When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Your mouth shut, put your foot on the gas,
2: and stay on this heading. It's unbelievable. What is it? What's wrong? The base is so huge! It must
1: be at least a mile wide. you copy, Dr. Miller? Just listen to me. This is not Get a off day. this frequency, Bill. She's shifting. Oh, my God. Jonas, I'm telling you, Eddie, I know you can hear me. Turn around now, get
0: out of there. And that's when they turn the radio off, and the twister takes them away. Yeah, it's a really haunting scene. It's you know, it's one of those like that. The size of this thing and just the way that they display it is absolutely terrifying. Uh, It and you just see these tiny little trucks these tiny little giant trucks yeah. right next to it. And right. it really gives you a, a great idea of the scope. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, it really
2: is. I actually remembered what, uh, seeing it in the theater and remember. Oh yeah. I just like watching it back. I was like, Oh man. I'm like, yeah. Cause I was feeling it intense just watching it here at home. Yeah. And then I was, I, I was th- remembering back seeing it in, in the theater and, yeah, re- thinking like, oh, wow, yeah, no, I remember that. It was really, like, intense and powerful, and the, the effects are so well done uh, that you really... And just, like, the attention to detail in the storm to show its power. And it's so right. cool because... The, and the pace, and uh, this is kind of coming back to DeBonte's, uh strength, is that the pace of it is so great. He really... He he really hits those adrenaline peaks well and then also gives you that time to cool off. Uh similarly, I think very similarly to speed. Uh-huh. It had very much that <laughs> I'm at the edge of my seat. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Okay, I can relax now. And it's we're we're in a break and and now I'm learning more about the characters. The script for it is for this
0: genre, yeah, so good. Right. Well, it's, I mean, a lot of these like disaster movies, they really try to get in the emotional core of things. And uh, this is certainly no exception. You know, you have Bill and Joe as this couple who's uh, married but separated and uh, about to be divorced. And you also have Melissa, the new fiance, who's there just to get these divorce papers signed so she can marry Bill. And then also you have Joe's backstory which is what we see at the beginning of this movie where uh she is a child and there is a tornado coming into town and her parents bring her into a storm cellar but the uh the tornado rips the door off the cellar along with her father who's holding on to it. And she's just had this fascination with tornadoes ever since then. And to come back to your comment
2: about the tornado not being the villain, there are, I I was thinking of some parallels to Jaws and I mean okay. not just because Steven Spielberg's a producer on this, but uh-huh. uh thinking about the parallels to Jaws and how that beginning really sets up her goal not to like she's not trying to end tornadoes but uh-huh. the that her like the stakes for her are to come up with a with an early warning system and to know more about tornadoes so that right. people could have more than a, like a 2 to 3 minute warning to get to safety and we see it when when the tornado yeah. you know ends up hitting uh, Wakita where uh, aunt Meg lives aunt Meg and yeah. you really hear like you know, she says she was like, the sirens went off, and next thing you know, it hit.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, let's listen to uh, the, a clip from when they first are... Well, well, they're describing uh, Dorothy, mm. their system for researching tornadoes. They're describing it to Melissa, and I love this mechanism in a movie it's the person who knows nothing that you have to explain things to it's the erica laniac and under siege Um, that's along for the ride so that someone has to be explained things that they are the like the they're the audience
2: no wait do you do you have the setup for dorothy as well because it's such a great bait and switch
0: when i don't think so when they're like
2: she's here she's oh they set it they set it up so that, like, as you're kind of seeing them go through this this difficult thing where he's trying to get her to sign sign the papers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're just starting to learn things. And then all of a sudden they start talking as though they have a kid. That's right. That's theirs. Like, is she here? Can I see her?
1: <laughs> Bill's concept, man. The extreme, man. It came from his brain. I had a hand in it. <laughs> wow. It is great. What is it? an instrument pack for studying tornadoes first one in history it's very exciting scientists have been studying tornadoes forever but still nobody knows how a tornado works we have no idea what is going on inside because nobody's ever been able to take scientific measurements from inside the funnel that's what she's gonna do how we put her up inside a tornado she (laughs) opens And releases hundreds of these sensors that measure all parts of the tornado simultaneously. You see, Melissa, it's like this. These sensors go up the funnel and radio back information about the internal structure, wind velocities, flow asymmetries. We could learn more in 30 seconds than they have in the past 30 years. Get a profile of a tornado for the first time. And what will that do? If we knew how a tornado really worked, we could design an advanced warning system. Aren't there already tornado warnings? They're not good enough. They're nowhere near good enough. Right now, it's three minutes. If we can get this new information, we can increase warning time to 15
0: minutes. Give people a chance to get to
1: safety. At least that's what these guys are trying to do. Uh,
0: What I love is the way that Bill is so clearly in it for all the right reasons. You can hear it in his voice. He's so passionate about giving people a chance to get to safety When there's a tornado on the way. Yeah. And I love it. It's great. But
2: also with Helen Hunt, like you really, you hear that in her where it's personal for her. We don't know Bill's, Bill's motivations. motivations. It it might just be like, this is a problem that I can help solve.
0: Yeah. But you know, for
2: her, it's it to, to co-opt a Jaws tagline. It's personal.
0: Yeah, you know, with Bill it's like he has this innate ability to kind of sense tornadoes. Like I don't it'd be it'd be really interesting to find out what his motivation was, but like there's this one moment where he's just like looking up at the sky and then he just like grabs some like dirt and just like let it fall through his fingers and it's like something is up.
2: Something is up. That's the best device to use in a movie when you want to show that, that a character just has like kind of this extra sensory yeah. perception for the world around them. It's just picking yeah. up some dirt and letting it, yeah. letting it fall <laughs> from their fingertips. And then it's like, it's time.
0: <laughs> Something's happening. <laughs> we better Get roll. to safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really fun. I think that the, um, the performances are great. And some One of the things that I was thinking while watching it was when there's this huge tornado around them and just, like, wind going and shit flying everywhere, you know, all of that's added in later. So you have to picture that when that camera is rolling... There is silence around them and they just sound like every, the world is ending. If you could just judge it by the, the sound of their voice. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, parts of it and other parts. I, I, I think they, they like, there were like jet engines used to like actually, Oh, were they really, uh, you know, cr- create wind. Um, but, right. But there right. are definitely, there's definitely moments where yes, they are acting. Yeah. There's
0: yeah. Uh, Let's let's listen to this one. This is uh, when they've gone through, like they've gone past this one tornado, and a lot of their equipment get, like falls over, and they lose a bunch of the sensors from one of the Dorothy units.
1: Go back! Forget it! It's too late! Help me! Help me! What are you doing? Help me! Joe, the pack's wasted. It's over. What is wrong with you? We can still do this. Jesus Christ, listen to yourself, you're obsessed! You've never seen what that thing could do, so don't talk am talking about that You've never seen it! You've never seen it miss this house and miss that house and come after you! Christ, Joe, is that what you think it did? Oh my god. Jesus, Joe, why can't you just forget it? You don't understand, okay? You'll never know. When's it gonna be enough, huh? How close do you have to get talk to me? Joe, things go wrong. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. Killing yourself won't bring your dad back. I'm sorry he died, but it was a long time ago. You gotta move on. Stop living in the past, and look at what you got right in front of you. What are you saying? Me, Joe.
0: Melissa's listening on the radio. And that is when Melissa realizes that she shouldn't be with Bill. Bill needs to be with Joe and she does the uh the the right thing and you know leaves Oklahoma forever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh you know there is uh there is an an element of it that I feel is worth uh noting because it was one thing that kind of stuck out to me as being perhaps uh the type of dialogue that we might have differently now and it, it comes up a little bit in that scene but earlier on there's a scene where where they're basically talking about like going to therapy and it's really oh, like yeah. kind of shaming Uh, the whole therapy shaming. Yeah. And it's like, she does, she's got trauma that she, uh, you know, is, is dealing with in her way. But in this scene, when he's just like, ah, all right, ah, stuff happens. And it's like, okay, yeah, but also she should probably see a therapist and like work some shit. Yeah
0: let's listen to that scene this is when they are uh, uh, heading on their way to their first tornado together in the movie and uh, Joe and Bill are having their first kind of conversation back with each other after what seems to be quite a while
1: she work at the station is that where you met her? What? I don't want to fight I'm not fighting, I'm talking I don't want to fight she's nice Ha! Uh-oh, she's not nice? I know what you meant. You do. Yes. So don't don't do this. Okay, I'm making extremely civilized conversation here. You're biting my head off. Jesus. Yes. She's very nice. No. She does not work at the station. She's a. Uh, she's a therapist. Oh! Yours? Christ! What? You couldn't resist. I'm not, could not you? saying you Come need on. therapy. What? I'm what? not. Wait, 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 wait! I need therapy. I didn't say that. I need a therapist. I didn't what say could that. I possibly need a therapist for? I don't. Know. You're the doctor. Tell me. I don't know. Um, inability to finish things. I'll finish Maybe things? Maybe rushing into things you can't quite commit to. Commitment? You asked me. Look. You asked no, me. No, that is bullshit. Look, I may have you walked asked. out, but at least I showed up that in the first so- place. You never have the slightest okay, idea. A idea you never have the slightest idea about commitment. There. but being married means. Like like stability and supportiveness and a house and all kinds of neat stuff like that. Can I drive? No. Then would you? Whoa!
0: What a fun scene. The chemistry is
2: I don't want great to, chemistry. I don't want to say off the charts, but like it's, it's great, great chemistry. I uh, feel like Helen Hunt tends to just have good chemistry with whoever she seems to be working with.
0: You know, if you can make it convincing with Paul Reiser, then yeah, why not? Like Paul Reiser, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, yeah. So uh clearly, this is. The you know it's the mid '90s when therapy was the punchline for so many things, including my beloved Frasier, uh, where pe- people who go see therapists are you know tossed salad and scrambled eggs, <laughs> and uh, yeah, clearly now we know yeah they all should be in therapy. Like I don't know maybe maybe Dusty Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is probably okay, but who knows? Right, but. uh you know, he's living his best. Well,
2: I mean, uh, they, they all, most of them seem to be uh, living there. We don't know that much about. No, no, no. Um, by the way, I uh, meant to point out that the guy who plays uh, a preacher who I'm not sure what his specific job is. Who played him? Uh, the same actor, uh, Scott Thompson, who played right. Chad Copeland in, Poli- in the Police Academy movies.
0: That's who that was. God hope for Dopeland, as Captain Harris yeah. calls
2: him. Right. Always nice to see uh, you know, one of one of the supporting actors from the police academy cast in a yeah. non-police
0: academy movie. Yeah, of course. I did not even clock him. I was just like, hey, and some other guy, and yeah.
2: Yeah, I was looking through the cast because I was like, there's a lot of them who I I you know, like Sean Whalen, like I knew his face,
0: but right, who is that? So, and that's one of the things is that the, the storm chasing crew is so big and it doesn't need to be that big. You know, it's like um uh, Jeremy Davies plays like the photographer and Alan Ruck is like the navigator and... And certainly they could have probably consolidated a few of those characters into just one, but it felt more real that there were a lot of them who like, maybe you don't even know exactly what they do. Yeah. One, one people, one person just like looks at a, a radar and maybe doesn't say too much, and but like the one... fact that there are these people there is, it feels more real because it's like, yeah, of course you'd have a specialist that does one particular thing. Yeah.
2: No, I could probably think of like jobs that they all would have would have been doing possibly. Yeah.
0: But it seems like that nowadays, maybe would be like a way to save money is to kind of keep the that cast list down. Yeah, right. uh oh, and uh,
2: you know what I thought was the most un- just speaking because I was thinking about scenes where you have like all the all the crew is doing something, and that made me think of the least yeah. realistic element of this movie is that when so that they're uh, Joe figures out how to get the little pods from Dorothy to act like to better fly up into the tornado. So they start cutting up aluminum cans and making these like little propellers. Propellers. And I'm like, how has, how is no one cutting their finger on (laughs) these (laughs) aluminum? They're cutting up these aluminum cans. Pepsi cans. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, how is nobody cutting their finger? That's unrealistic. The cows. That the is cows. the least
0: realistic part. Yes. Yeah. Right. The cows. This this film is famous maybe most for the cows flying through. And and the Jamie tornado. Gertz's
2: wonderful delivery of the line, I gotta go, Julia, we got cows.
0: Yeah, so yeah, let's let's listen to that.
1: Jesus, Bill, I've never seen clutter like this. I don't think anybody has. Phil, we're in the core. Okay, we got sisters. Oh my god.
0: The tornado splits into two tornadoes.
1: Yes. Julia, I can't talk to you right now. we we'll are right into the flanking line.
0: I realize that.
1: You can't attack this thing from the south, we're gonna get rolled. Watch me. No, you're upset. You you just gotta breathe. We both just, just gotta breathe. Uh, cow. I gotta go, Julia. We got cows.
0: <laughs>
1: Another cow. Actually, I think that was the same one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great moment and it, you know, it's it's so memorable. And it just works so well with everything that's going on. I, it's great. Yeah. Such you got to love the cow. Such a, yeah.
2: Just another, just another one of those like touches in this movie that just really holds it together and it keeps the humor. Cause I mean, it's a movie about deadly storms, yeah. which, and as I'm watching it, I was thinking, and I don't, I'm not, I'm no meteorologist and I don't know that much. Oh, you're not. About me. No, I, yeah, forgot to update. Just you amateur. D- decided not to pursue that. Uh, but I was thinking about about that and thinking about how, um, you know, d- due to climate change, we've seen much more intense storms in the last 10, 15 years. It's been, uh, you know, 25 years almost twenty six yeah. years since twister was was released, and I don't know that storms of the intensity that we see in that were all that common, yeah, because I felt like this movie like there was the sense that it was a that there was some exaggeration to to the severity of the storm, but I don't know that that would be the case now, yeah, I, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I'm like, is this just what happens now every year and in different places?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, here in uh, Oregon and also in like Northern California, you know, there's a lot of wildfires. Right. And uh, uh, and you get that uh, to a certain extent in Washington. I think that you mostly get smoke from... uh, south yeah but uh you know that's like an inevitability and it's just like all right well how bad is it going to be this year it's not a matter of like are there going to be any it's just like all right how many air purifiers am i going to have to have at all times and uh, yeah so that's a big a big component um hurricanes and tropical storms they seem to be I, I don't know. I And it's hard to say if we're just finding out about a lot more of the, like, smaller ones, maybe because of, you know, the news cycles being just, like, so in our faces these days. But, I mean, you know, you'd find out about the massive ones back in the mid-90s or, like, you know, when, like, El Nino was, like, the talk of the town. That certainly made the rounds. But I feel like that's, like, you know, there's... That's so common, and that's like nothing compared to what we have now. Yeah, right. It's, it's true. Yeah. So, which I guess I it bring brings us to the
2: the, uh, the, the what you're gonna do.
0: Well, I uh, let's first talk about what has been done and what they've been talking about doing. So, last year, well, not last year, two years ago, we're in 2022 now. In 2020, um, what's the guy's name? He did Tron Legacy. Oh, Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Not Jersey Kaczynski, the Uh, alleged uh, writer of And not Ted Kaczynski, uh, the Unabomber. Not Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, no. Joseph Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Joseph Kaczynski, who did uh, Tron Legacy, uh, is slated to direct a remake. Uh, Helen Hunt has expressed interest in uh, writing and directing a sequel that would involve a more diverse cast, but I guess that was shot down. Um there, of course, is a pinball machine. There is there was a Universal Studios theme park ride or attraction. And then there was the uh I guess the novelization, you know, Michael Crichton put out a, a, a novel version of the screenplay that he helped write. So there has been uh, there's been a few things and um i think that what would be the most fascinating is you know a series that is focusing on you know storm chasers mm-hmm. like this group of people you have this like really bizarre cast of characters i'm sure that there have been reality shows i haven't done my due diligence to find out if and what they were but um Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some, like, real awesome, you know, character moments that you can find with that kind of a crew. People who are just, like, that passionate Mm -hmm. and that fearless to, you know, have that kind of position. And, you know, seeing what kind of, you know, new technologies would be around. And I'm not saying it should be a reality show. I think that it'd be better if it was actually a scripted show with, you know, digital effects to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I think that, the, that a series, you know, based on, I mean, maybe it could be a twist. It'd be called Twister or something like that, but, uh, Twister would really twist. Yeah. I'm oh, no, no, uh, sorry. That would be the sequel. Right. Yes. Uh, it's a, a two, the number two, instead of a T, like instead of maybe a T W, it's just the two Ister. right? <laughs> twist two. <laughs> so uh i'm not recommending a a sequel by the way
2: (laughs) yeah well what are you recommending what am i recommending uh so you know first of all i just think like uh putting this back in theaters would be would be fun yeah Uh, i'd love that like i i would love to see i don't know how good they'd be able to make it but like a 3d version of it would be yeah but Are well, they really doing 3D movies anymore? No, they're not. Which is why yeah. when I thought about that idea and then I was like, oh, but a VR experience. A VR experience would be really cool. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, like not quite, not like, not a two hour <laughs> VR experience, but like yeah. almost, almost like a ride, almost, almost like a, uh, you know, amusement park
0: ride, uh, where you you know get to experience a ride ry- you know uh, i want to say that the universal studios experience was kind of one of those like uh star tours type of things oh, where yeah. it's like you sit down on a thing and it moves along with the video that's being projected and stuff um i think i think i think
2: yeah but yeah. I, I, I like i feel like going back to it i i wouldn't i don't think i would want to see like a new version of it made today for all of the reasons that we've been talking about it at the beginning yeah like it would just be uh, it would take the fun i i i feel like it would take the fun out of it if it, and there's it, there's also been so many movies uh you know of all like sharknado spans of budget well yeah that's exactly it. you've got like those uh and then you've got like greenland and you've got all these other like big disaster Geostorm. movies and mm-hmm. yeah I, and i feel like especially when we're faced with actual climate crisis yeah. and disaster and like and the reality of intense storms that Uh, you know, have have claimed lives and destroyed property. Uh, It just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like in the best taste to make a popcorn movie.
0: Right. And that's where I think that something like Sharknado, uh, you know, can be more enjoyable is because it's so ludicrous. Right. That you know, it it takes you further out of the real life experience, um, and it makes it, you know, more enjoyable that way. Dan, have you ever experienced a tornado? No, I I do not believe I
2: have. Not not to okay. the best of my recollection. You know, yeah, have, neither have, have I. You, but man. I'm just
0: no, I yeah. I mean, we're experience. We grew up on the hurricane Grew up on the East Coast. Uh, you know, now live on the West Coast. Uh, you spent a little bit of time in the, in the middle of the country, you know, south, a little bit south, more South, Southeast, so, yeah. really
2: more the South. I did not really get to like the, the middle of the country. I didn't get to right. like, you know, Arkansas and Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've never experienced it. I've experienced, like I said, hurricanes, uh, uh hurricane Sandy probably being the, yeah. the most intense, uh. Uh, of a hurricane that that I've personally experienced, but I I mean yeah, it's just like it's terrifying. And they they, they I think Twister does a really good job of showing you what that yes. does, especially the, the scene at, at, after Aunt Meg's house is is destroyed, and yeah. they go to and it's ju- like it, houses are just like they're yeah demolished. Aunt Meg's yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrifying, man! Just like the, the thought of it all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Haunting.
0: Absolutely haunting. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that uh, there's there's definitely room for there to be something done with with Twister, but yeah, you're right. I mean, bringing it back into theaters would be really cool. You know, to experience. I'd love to experience the sound as it was. You know, intended. Because I don't think I saw this one in the theater when it came out, I probably saw it right when it came out on video and that might've been the last time I saw it until just the other day. And then, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the aspect, so I, I love taking note of when movies also like have a scene at a drive-in theater, because that's something that nowadays has become more and more common because of COVID. And I think that the, uh, I I mean I do work for an organization that organizes drive-in theater situations, but I I'm not in that in the you know planning part of that. I am on a, a different side of that, and it would be really fun to have a series of movies that feature drive-in theaters. <laughs> you know, the Outsiders. There's just like so many that would uh, that oh, would work really well.
2: Great ones, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, man, and, imagine
2: uh, I'm just sometimes well, when I see different movies on a drive-in theater, I like The Shining at a drive-in. Whoa!
0: Well, that's another thing. Is this is another movie where Helen Hunt appears with Jack Nicholson? Oh, there you go. And that, my friends, is <laughs> as good as it gets. <laughs> Ouch! Wow. So, uh, yeah, no, but doing you know a, a series at a drive-in of movies that have drive-ins, Monster Squad, monster that'd be a yeah, great one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Monster Squad being such a great drive-in movie. Ah, love it. You do
0: not have to convince me to buy a ticket to that one. I am already there.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I miss the, I miss the drive-in and, and I, I hope the drive-in theater that we used to go to up in Warwick, New York, uh, my wife and I used to go, uh, over the summers. Hope it's still up and running. Hope it's, it's Mm -hmm. flourishing. um, and I saw lots of fun, fun movies there. Yeah, and cool. yeah, drive-ins are awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, Dan, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be covering on our next episode? Well, if you haven't figured it out just yet,
2: I mean, because th- we made absolutely no references to it until about a moment ago. <laughs> since the that's beginning. not true, since the beginning. <laughs>
0: Uh, Anything in the middle? There? Uh, no, I had one in the middle. I had one in the Did middle. Did you have one in the middle? I I even yeah. missed it. Uh, so <laughs> I even looked at you and I thought that you were like smiling about it. Maybe I just said something else witty. I would. Yeah, chances are, chances oh. are,
2: uh, yeah. So uh, our our next one is going is going to be another Yann uh directorial uh, achievement uh, <laughs> of, uh, of nineteen eighty nine, featuring a plethora of digital effects uh you say 89 99 99 99 99. yes and and that is uh the haunting which uh it it, it was a a remake and there have been different different kind of versions i think it was originally a story by shirley jackson the haunting of hill house and Mm -hmm. uh or the and then uh, there's house on haunted hill uh Right, all all types of things, and then Yann uh did it in '99, uh, starring Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, uh, Lily Taylor, uh, right. Bruce Dern, well, Famke, Bruce Johnson. Dern. Famke,
0: Famke Janssen. Famke, Famke Janssen. Uh, yeah. Well, I I I'm so excited to watch The Haunting. I've never seen it before. I remember the trailer for it. Because I feel like that was like a big time for like Lily Taylor. It was she just like happened to be in, in a lot of things at that time.
2: Well, I, I know we'll talk more about, it, but yeah, this was kind of this was the the big crossover for Lily Taylor from indie cinema to sure. the blockbuster scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, uh send us an email, let us know what your thoughts are. Pod at gmail.com. There's also a link to our link tree in this episode's description and if you since john, neither john nor i have ever
2: experienced a tornado firsthand if you yeah. if you have let us know like you know let us know if you if you've seen twister and you've experienced the real thing like what did they what did they get what did they miss
0: yeah also i'm curious about you know we've played some clips that include some of the sounds that tornadoes could make and i'm curious to know how accurate those were so yeah, I'd love to, uh, love to hear from you, but yeah, check out our, um, the link tree. It's got all of our social media stuff in there. Uh, Dan does a, an awesome job keeping oh. us active on Instagram and uh, check out our T public store. We've got some really fun stuff on there and I'm still working on the, uh, the, the Catherine Tremell Reed posters. I just haven't had a moment to, to devote the time to that, <laughs> but maybe tomorrow. Um, <laughs> when yeah, you least
2: expected there she'll be. Yeah.
0: And, uh, um you know various other authors from cinema so yeah we'll <laughs> paul sheldon out. reed <laughs> yeah uh well dan as you are chasing them natos i wish you a good journey good journey